0: Hi there. Welcome to The Preventable, the podcast giving you a seat at the table with conversations about the intersection of alcohol, drugs, and mental health in everyday lives. Take a seat and join us. Welcome to The Preventable. Today with me is an esteemed guest, somebody who I've basically had to force into it. I I've basically had to bribe her. Uh, Leah Brock is with me today and Leah is one of the, what, what could we even say, institutions, uh, tenants of the National Council of Alcoholism and Drug Dependence, which is what our national organization used to be and is experiencing a resurgence. Uh, so welcome, Leah. Thank you, Nicole. So really, how much did I have to bribe you to be here today? Well, I'm planning my trip to Europe. (laughs) (laughs) So Leah, you are in New York, New York, right? Manhattan? Yes. And so right now you are retired and living your best life, seeing Broadway shows and doing all of the things. But before you were retired, you worked at NCADD for a long time. How long did you work there? over 33 years. And what was your like official title? I mean, because I just knew you as Leah and everyone, as I was coming up through the organization, people would talk about you and say, oh, you need to meet Leah. You need to go to the conference. You need to meet Leah. What was your official title?
1: I, I think the last one was director of affiliate relations.
0: And basically and it was
1: a variation
0: on that for most of the time. That so obviously. they brought you in. So let's let's take a step back because I think some people might not fully know about NCADD, which is an organization that was founded a long time ago by Marty Mann, correct? Correct. So can you talk a little bit about NCADD and Marty Mann? Who was she? Well,
1: Marty Mann is... Um a woman who was one of the first women to get sobriety in through AA. And she recognized in in about 1944, recognized that AA had limits on what it could um, advocate for. It, It can't advocate what it can say in terms of recovery and the program and felt that there needed to be an organization Similar to uh, what the time was, the the National Tuberculosis Association, American Heart Association, other disease-driven organizations that provided the public with education, with advocacy, and she felt that alcoholism, which is it was uh, limited to alcoholism at the time, needed to have such a voice. Which
0: so you just said a lot. Let's unpack this here. Okay, first of all. 1940s, she's a woman who's in recovery or, you know, finding sobriety. She's working a program. I mean, that in and of itself is a pretty big deal, right? To be a pioneer in that way. But then she also recognized that addiction or alcoholism was a disease that should be treated just like TB or diabetes or things like that. I mean, those two things together make her like a pretty big friggin' deal. (laughs) Very big, very big
1: deal. Yes. Um, And probably the biggest was the fact that she was a woman.
0: Right. And her sponsor was Bill W., right? Yes. Which if people are listening and don't know, was one of the, the founders of AA. And so, I mean, it's incredible to me that she did all of this stuff, had the gumption and the gall to be not anonymous about her sobriety and to say like, this program works and we need to do some other things. So, oh, I don't know, let me just create this national organization. That's pretty cool. It sure is. Yeah, and what's funny to me is, so right before we got on this this uh, call, Leah, I actually uh, was onboarding two new staff, and part of the onboarding is to tell them about our history. And of course, our history at Prevent Ed starts, you know, way before 1965 when we became an affiliate. Our history really starts with Marty Mann, and we became, I think, it was the 77th. Affiliate of the national organization, and at its height, I mean, there were like 300 affiliates all across the country. Is that right? That was before my my time, oh,
1: but okay, um, there were um, close to 200. I think when I when I joined the staff,
0: and your job was really just to liaise with all of the affiliate directors, make sure that they were connecting, and you put on a national conference and things like that, right? For the most part, yes, that's right. Um, The EAP movement came out of the national organization, correct? The
1: EAP movement did the um, foundation for what's now the um, American Society of Addiction Medicine, Mm -hmm. Um, the national nurses, um, national, forgotten the precise title, but the Nursing Organization in Addiction. Huh. Uh, they grew out of um, NCA, what at the time was NCA.
0: Because it yeah. was the National Council on Alcoholism. Yes. Right. And then the name changed, the added name more changed letters. In
1: 1990. Yes. To okay. add drug dependence and Be- to expand the mission to include um, other drugs.
0: Because we know that alcohol is a drug, but to include other drugs for sure. And I think that I mean, I could be wrong, but I feel like the national organization is still one of the very few that really places a lot of emphasis on alcohol being a drug.
1: I think that's true. And uh, for that reason, I think that there was always the sense that that was important to do because mm-hmm. drug, other drugs had so consumed the public's um, anxiety, concern, and m- monies were going primarily to other drugs, but alcoholism was, I assume it still is,
0: um, the number one drug. Right. So, how did you find this job? I mean, 30 I some years bli- ago. I
1: answered a blind ad in the newspaper.
0: Uh, what did I the had, ad say? What did it say? It
1: said, National organization looking for. Person to work with membership or something it was rather vague but I had um, left a previous job and had been doing some family business work and decided I want to get back into um, a an employment situation rather than a family business situation so I answered this ad among some others and I went for the job interview it was um, interviewed by five five staff members it was a, a group interview i'd never had that before
0: and and you killed it and the rest is history huh and the rest is history so um, how did I, your
1: I'm go ahead sorry. no go I've, i learned, i was not um familiar with the organization um like most people i had um, encountered What I thought was too much drinking by friends or family members, but I didn't have any clinical knowledge or any and anything about the disease itself. Um, But I learned soon that um, the values of the organization matched what I consider my values. Um, I. And I loved every. I loved every day of
0: my job. I did. It seemed like you did. Like you're, you're one of those people who you, that people like being around and, and I know you're also very humble, but when I had the privilege of attending my first affiliate conference. As director of prevention, it was basically to see if we wanted to keep being an affiliate, right? Because we paid dues. And Howard, the executive director at the time, was like, Does it make sense for us to do this anymore? He had gone to some conferences and those just really weren't his deal. So he was like, Well, why don't you go? So I went and I didn't know a whole lot, but I knew that you were the person who would help me figure it out. Like who would help me navigate the relationships, figure out who I needed to talk to, where I needed to sit. I remember even when we were getting ready to go to the Capitol, I was sitting next to you and you were just, you knew everyone's name, which relationships (laughs) are like the, they're the essential piece. Right. And people like to know, They they like when you know their name and they like when you know a little bit about them as a human being. And they like when you can talk about the restaurant that's next to the city, that's next to the whatever. And you're a master at relationships. Have you always been? Or is it like a muscle that you've worked over time? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like There are some people who can walk in and like they can work a room. And there are other people that it's really... It is, it's hard for them to build those connections. Has it always been easy for you? Or is it easy now?
1: Well, my right now, of course, things are a lot different. But I never felt that I could walk in and, and work a room, ever.
0: Um,
1: But I... Did it? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess... I don't know. We'll we'll erase this little segment.
0: No, we're not going <laughs> to. I mean, seriously, like when you were, when you were a young person, was building relationships easy for you? Like, do you always, like, are you, cause it's like, you never forget like a face and a name. Like, that's a gift. A lot of people don't have that. Well,
1: I, I think, I don't think that's something you learn I, somehow Maybe I do have it. I, I I'm not so keenly aware that I have it, but
0: that's what I'll makes ac- you good. I'll accept, I'll accept yeah, that. that's what makes you good. <laughs> is like you're not super aware that you have it. So, what was your favorite part of the job? I'm sure it morphed over time, right? The the job in and of itself, meeting, but meeting uh,
1: meeting the people and working with the the people um,
0: in the office,
1: but among the affiliates, because um, I. Learned um, so much about um, the disease just by seeing how people uh, acted, related to people, how uh, the, the knowledge base. I've learned early on that the um, that the affiliate staff, the executive directors were grossly underrated. I don't think people appreciated um, the the amount of knowledge they had, what kind of work they were doing, how much sacrifice they were making in their own lives to do the work. Um, a good many of the affiliate executive directors, when I first joined, were people who had come to the job through their own recovery. I rec- That's changed. Um, I, I think that to some extent it has become more professionalized because people are going into it as a career choice, maybe instead of, you know, happenstance. Yep. But the path would never have been um, created had it not been for the people who really forged it mm-hmm. 30, 30 years ago, for example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, And I remember my first business trip. When I joined the staff, the man who was the uh, president said, uh, we're going to, we're going to go around. We're going to do a few seminars to introduce you to people. And my first one was in Kansas city. Okay. And, um, uh, Ed Tash Howard's predecessor was there. Yes. And of course, and Jim Eads who was longtime executive director in Kansas city and, um, and and I, I felt I felt overwhelmed by the knowledge that those two people had and 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 welcomed. I mean, they were so welcoming and willing to forgive anything I didn't know, which became very evident early on because I didn't know anything. So um, I credit a lot of what I uh, learned at that meeting and, and through those two particularly.
0: Yeah, I had the, the privilege of working under Ed um for probably five years, oh. I would say. Yep. Um when it was all told because I was a boomerang. So I left and came back. And um, you know, I, I had the privilege of working under Ed, but also under Dan Duncan, um, as well as Harriet Coppolo, who the three of them you know, had each worked here almost, you know, some 30, some more than 30. And um I think I think what I appreciate about you, Leah, in particular, is that, you know, in this job as an executive director, there's a balance, right? A balance between being innovative and staying fresh and meeting needs, but also being like respecting tradition and understanding the roots and the why maybe not the why so that you can always do things the same exact way but at least understanding why it was and where it came from and i think that that is something that you and that the national organization has helped me do is to not only look with an eye on the future but also help understand like where we came from and why we are where we are. Because when I sit with new staff and I talk to them about the fact that, you know, we became an affiliate in the seventy in the sixties and in the seventies, we struggled and we almost went bankrupt. And then we, you know, and, and we were in EAP and we're never going to do treatment. Like it just, it, it, it helps. If I have a grounding and I feel like that's what the national organization, one of the things is that it's helped me understand the why. Does that make sense? It does.
1: And, you know, to, to quote a famous, um, uh, I'm not sure who, but
0: things must, change,
1: things must change for things to remain the same. Right. And, uh, I think that, um, there's good reason for why organizations that swore they'd never do treatment now have to do treatment. Um, There's good reason for understanding the basis for, um, for prevention, um, which is a hard road. I mean, it's, people don't understand it. Funding for it isn't, uh, what it is for something that has a more immediate um, outcome. So and I think that NCA and NCADD were, were helpful in um, in having the public understand the importance of prevention, of education that those were the roots of the of the founding organization and those really have to remain at least um part of the roots of of any existing organization in my mind
0: and i i think that's right because as as the national organization evolved and continues to evolve you have been one of the voices. There have been others, certainly like Mike uh, in California, Mike Ballou, who have really said, like, if we're going to continue to be in this space, we need to evolve in our thinking. So that might be, you know, being more open to harm reduction. That might mean being open and specifically calling out you know, medication-assisted treatment and things like that. Um, And it's not, it it doesn't seem controversial, but I think that when you have an organization that has such deep roots, if we don't evolve, we could get stuck, right? And, And could become kind of like, we, we could run ourselves out of business if we don't continue Absolutely. to evolve. That's right. And
1: then there's no place at the table, then you can't affect any change. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So no, it's difficult to be very strident in, um, in, 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 in positions and still maintain what you think is the integrity of, uh, of, of, of the organization and, mm-hmm. and the value and the mission. Mm-hmm. But yeah. you got a lot of smart people like you and others that are figuring it out, have figured it out very,
0: very successfully. Well, so we, so in 2019, is that when the organization uh, yes. dissolved? Okay. Yes. And so the national organization dissolved in 2019. You were still working there at the time. Yes. So that prompted retirement for you. And then COVID happened. Correct. And for me, um, personally, I can only speak for Nicole. During COVID, I really leaned on some of my fellow affiliate directors from other parts of the country, other coasts who could see what was happening with COVID before I could, because it was happening to them before it was happening in Missouri. And so I really started reaching out and they in turn to me and we were looking at policies. You know, I asked Julie Dostel in Oneana for her COVID policy. She gave me one. It lasted, it, it said we could be out of work for five days. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, but we really, kind of came together during that time and I think realized that there was a void in professionally being able to bounce ideas off of each other. And so we had a couple of false starts to get the gang back together, a couple of, uh, zoom meetings, but it finally picked back up in what? Uh, the fall of, of 2020? 2020. What's I don't know. I was gonna say 21, so I don't know. Sometime it, it, may, it may. I don't know. And I remember being on some calls, talking about if we should, you know, resurrect and and bring up from the Phoenix the national organization, and right. the first at which we're we're doing, by the way, we're we're back in it. But the first question that everyone said is, is Leah gonna be part of it? Is Leah gonna run it? Is Leah going to be part of it? I think I even met you for coffee in New York City. I was like, are you, yeah. and your answer was no. <laughs> <laughs> and yet you're not running it, but you are a part of it. And it's making it, 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 it definitely sells it for some people because they trust you.
1: Well, thank you. I, I, I'm glad I'm not running it. I found um, joy in retirement forced as it may have been initially forced retirement, not forced joy. Um,
0: but <laughs> well, that, do... too. <laughs> that too, maybe that too.
1: But I do love being involved because I, uh, I treasure the relationships, friendships that I've made in, during, with this job. And it keeps me involved in that way. And and I love seeing um, new people getting to know and understand and appreciate the value of the organization.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It comes across. It really does. Like when we were in Baltimore at the Turk conference and we were talking about the the um, newly reformed organization, you would, you were walking through the hall and people are like, Leah, Oh my gosh, Leah, like (laughs) that. Do you feel like a celebrity sometimes? No. Oh, come on. Really? Really? Because two people recognize me. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I mean, it, it has to feel nice though. Like that. I mean, I don't it, think this is. is your it's purpose, heart- but it's it it's very it,
1: heartwarming. It, it
0: must feel nice that people are are linked through you. It does. I confess it does. Okay, good. I'll take it. I will okay. take it. Okay. So in the it, with the the organization, the National Council on Alcoholism and Drug Dependence, we've gotten the gang back together. We've done some Quarterly calls where we're featuring um, affiliates. We've gotten together at the um, Turk conference. We're thinking about doing something virtually. What is your role in in all of this right now? Like, is it are you just kind of coming in as you want? Do you um, are you making sure that we have people at the table that maybe we hadn't thought of, or how do you view yourself in this current? resurrection
1: maybe both of those things um because there are some people who um i think that i was able to kind of suggest might be interested in coming aboard um and also having spent 30 plus years at this work it's not something that i really wanted to drop entirely um to some extent, I never really considered my work at NCADD a job. I mean, I, I got to be very invested personally in the organization and the mission. And um, I would like to to kind of sneak a look to see what's being done which I can't do on a hands-on basis but with, but gives me a great deal of pleasure to hear what's being done to see some of the newer people who are coming in to see the the new people in leadership such as yourself You're, you know it is what 3 years
0: now 5 5 years now okay. Oy. Oy. okay but I still consider myself new especially when I'm you know working alongside people, you know, like Julie and, and like Sharon, I know she's retired, but I mean, she was at the um, affiliate in Indiana for a long time. A so long I, time. yeah, so yes. I do still feel like I'm new in this role and have a lot to learn.
1: You also have a lot to teach because you've really done amazing things with the affiliate. Well, and one of the things that kind of as an aside, St. Louis really stands out in my mind of always having had real solid leadership for during my tenure, uh, starting with Ed, um, Dan for a while, Howard, and now you and good staff, um, yes. Harriet, whom I knew of, but got had a chance to meet when she got an award for tripod, to- the
0: meritorious award. That That's was awesome.
1: Right. Yep. That's right. And, um, and and it's it's I think it's really good that people know that uh, it's not just the two coasts, right? But that there is really a lot going on in the center of the country, because um, Sharon, for one, you I mean, what was going in Kansas City, just Waukesha, in, yeah, Waukesha, uh Des Moines, yep. just so many places. That just have a it's it's rich with innovation with excellent staff.
0: So well, one thing that I appreciate about you, and this is this is really, this is a high compliment. Um. You are very good at recognizing when people do something that you think is well done. Like some people just think it, but don't actually say it. And I think that that's a part of your job as, you know, affiliate membership or affiliate network. When we did those Super Bowl commercials, I know it just meant the world to Howard when you sent a note that was like, hey, that was really well done. Or with Stacey Zellen who is helping corral the cats the herd the cats that, <laughs> in this new national organization resurgence, when she does particularly well at a meeting or, or conducting business or, you know, keeping Hal on task or something, you'll uh, you send her an email or a note. And that just means the world to people who are not in this for the accolades. They're not, I mean, you don't do this work because, you're going to get an amazing paycheck or because you're going to get an award. You do this because you love it. And so when somebody notices that you ran a meeting well, or that you had a program that was really cool, or that you, you, you sent me the loveliest note when I got this job. And basically you were like, I knew it was yours. Like the first time I met you, I knew it was yours. (laughs) And it just meant the world to me. And, and I think that, you might not under, you might underestimate how much those kinds of things really do go, how how much they build like respect and trust and that sense of camaraderie. And so when people feel that, they feel it towards you, but then also they feel it towards the national network. So it's almost like you knew what you were doing. (laughs) Because yes, they're allegiant to you, but it's what you represent, right? I would hope so, because that's
1: the way it should be. Because people come and go in jobs. It's true. I didn't go so fast. <laughs> it, was there, it took thirty years, but it should be the organ, the job, and the organization that um, that survive, and and not an individual.
0: That's that's the hope, right? yeah that's the hope I'm working on that right now yeah like how do I get my team to not just be loyal to me so that if I go they stay and they make it even better like that's really that's the goal and I feel like you started with that goal in mind
1: well I guess so I had had I was fortunate. I had worked um, previous jobs in national organizations and I had um, my my first exposure. I had worked in two or two national organizations, but my first one. Um, I had a, a, a. She actually probably was my supervisor, but I saw how she acted and I saw that um, she she did a job that was extremely well done and well appreciated, but she always did it um knowing that the membership was what drew drove the organization right and um and you cannot allow your ego to to take over when it's the members that That are important in Mm -hmm. in an organization. Mm -hmm. Of of course, the mission, but also in terms of people, it's not the staff; it's the board and the members.
0: Because without the members, you can't execute the mission.
1: That's right. Yeah, that's right.
0: What do you hope for the Phoenix? That is the NCADD. What What do you hope? I know you're. You're in it, but you're not totally in it, and you're trying to provide some guidance, but you're also trying to allow us to have some space. What do you hope is in the future for the National Council on Alcoholism and Drug Dependence? I
1: I would my my hope is tempered with what with some expectations. Um and I'm not sure that we will ever see the organization in the in its in a new form the same way it had been, and I'm not sure that it should be okay because times change and you know what what we've spoken about earlier, but I would hope that um n c a d d or however it's going to be known would be able to once again take the prominence that it had in terms of advocating for um, alcoholism and other drugs because i i am not deep into it i don't get trade papers or anything of that nature but my sense is that um, alcoholism has been uh, once again kind of shunted aside mm-hmm. um, and I do. I I worry a little bit about the consequences of um, of legalizing marijuana. I worry a lot about that. Uh, I think that NCADD um, had a strong voice in kind of helping people understand the uh, problems associated with. Um, freer use of of, um, marijuana, Um, and I don't know that that's being done now. So I would hope that even though that's not alcoholism as such, I would hope that there would um, be a voice where um, the history, the research, the um, the fact finding NCADD used to be prominent very prominent in issuing papers and fact sheets that were very well researched it's a, it's a, it's a hefty job um, but i would hope that we might um, see that happen again
0: i agree and i think you have a i think there's a lot of others of us who would like that very same thing so Good. it it feels like the the time is right. And I think we have a lot of the right people at the table. Not everybody, right. There's a lot more voices that we can bring in, but I think, um, I think what you want is what a lot of us want. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. Uh, what's next for you? What do you, what do you have? You got some more Broadway shows, you going on a trip, you doing anything fun? Um, I haven't gone on any major trips, um, haven't
1: done that yet. But I do hope this fall to be able to uh, to do that. And Ooh, yet, where probably... anywhere fun? Um, I have um, a special affinity and and ties to Italy, and I haven't been there for a while. So I that may be, that may be where I'll head. Amazing, yeah,
0: amazing. And hopefully you'll keep coming around those uh, those meetings we have, right? Oh, I wouldn't okay. miss them. Okay, I wouldn't miss them. Excellent. Was there any? This wasn't so bad, right? For you? <laughs> was or there, maybe it was worse for you? Was you there any? No, was there anything that you thought I was going to ask you that I didn't? That you want me to ask I, you? No, I I was. You hadn't prepared me for anything. I know. You You're made going it, into you made a, it a lot easier than I anticipated. Yeah. Once we figured out the tech, once Max got you hooked up, you are all good. You are all good. Seriously, Leah, I know this is very much out of your comfort zone. I know you um, really sort of like being the behind the scenes connector. Yes. Uh, so I, and I know you didn't think this would be all that interesting. I guarantee you. It was very interesting (laughs) people will think this is very interesting and i think that i can speak for a lot of us all around the country that that can say thank you thank you for not only being here today but thank you for your dedication to the work um thank you for the your dedication to the people because it's the people that do the work so really just want to on behalf of a lot of people I would just like to publicly say thank you very much.
1: Well, thank you. But I'll tell you, my life was enriched by that, or, by that job and by the people I've met. Truly, I got more out of it than I gave. I get that.
0: I get that. If you like what you heard, please consider rating, reviewing, and subscribing to The Preventable. Thank you, Leah. Thank
1: you, Nicole.
0: Thanks for joining us at The Preventable, brought to you ad-free by prevent Ed. prevent Ed works to reduce or prevent the harms of alcohol and other drug use through education, intervention, and advocacy. Please visit their website at prevented.org. Like what you heard? Rate, review, and subscribe to stay up to date with what we are serving on The Preventable.